All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 83, Oilers Nation Radio. I am here in Bag Milk, talking to you, as always, on a Friday afternoon. I've got Tyler Remchuk manning the board. Rick is here. Dan is here. we got a little bit to discuss today. But first, I want to start by thanking our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giants for helping make this all possible. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. If you need anything at all, be it financial relief or some help with your vehicle, maybe a new vehicle, wherever you're at, go check out our friends at Sherwood Ford. They would be happy to help you with everything you've got going on. Now, gentlemen. News this week that came out a little bit about our fair city. Edmonton is being considered as a host city for the Pacific Division, provided that the NHL can get back underway safely. So I want to talk to all of you about it. Tyler, I want to start with you because you've written about Edmonton. You've talked about Edmonton as a possibility before. Why do you think our city works better than some? Yeah, we've dug into it now on a few podcasts, but... It's the one that jumps to mind first. You're starting to see it get some uh, some really positive media attention in this way. But uh, you have two NHL-sized arenas in, in one building, which is not something a lot of places can kind of flex. Add on top of the fact that you have a hotel attached to the arena so the players would never have to leave. Because when you, when you think about this, whatever city ends up getting these, uh, these games or, or end up becoming neutral sites there's going to be a lot of fanfare around it. And I think a, a big part of it is that, you know what, you don't necessarily want players staying in a hotel 15 minutes from the rink because that gives the opportunity for fans to crowd around the hotel and do all that kind of stuff. Like, you know it would happen. So that's the nice part about Edmonton. They could basically just lock the doors to Roger's place, stuff four or five organizations in there, and then give her, right? So I it, it jumps off the page because of the two NHL-sized arenas and the fact the hotel's there. But the other big thing is, the NHL talked about the need for a lot of dressing rooms and locker rooms. Well, here in Edmonton, you would have, in Rogers Place alone, you have the Oilers room, the Oil Kings room, which I, I've been around that thing. It's pretty much NHL caliber. You have the visiting room for the WHL, the visiting room for the NHL as well. So you have four rooms right there in that one building. The community arena, maybe not so much space, but there's still spacious locker rooms. And the McEwen Griffins have a setup there as well. So it's good enough facilities. So there's a long list of reasons why this would work. Do you think also just, you mentioned McEwen, do you think that also having McEwen right there, Nate just down the road also kind of helps? 
Yeah, because the NHL said you're going to need practice facilities, right? If you're going to be doing two games a day or however many they want, the teams that maybe aren't playing that day are going to need somewhere to skate. So you're right. For that for that instance, they could go to Nate. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of them, but there are other are- arenas around downtown. They could even go to the university. It's only about, what, a 10, 15-minute drive from, from Rogers Place. So there's another all, rink that all would of, open. All of our rinks right here. I'm looking at all of our arena right now. Right, and, and it might not be NHL sized, but for practices, that might that might just That's be good fine. enough. Yeah. Yep. Rick, what do you think about having all these NHLers downtown? Obviously, there's a lot of hurdles that would need to be cleared. A lot of shit going on, logistics, blah blah blah. How many people can they bring? How many staff? All that. But what do you think about the NHL looking at our city as an option? Uh, I like it. Uh, obviously, it's just maybe a little uh, feather in the cap for the city for whatever reason. Um, maybe we just got lucky because we have the facilities all right now, but I think the city's done a pretty good job with all their COVID cases to begin with. So maybe it is a little bit quote unquote safer to bring them here. And, uh, I know, uh, Tyler is saying, you know, here you wouldn't have people like hanging around outside, but with nobody else having anything else to do, I know you'll I'll be, that's the first place I'll be. I'll have a, a lawn chair out there sitting right outside Rogers arena, trying to get, trying to find my way in. Do you think that, like, I mean, Tyler, you can just go, you don't even have to go outside, right? Yeah, you've been in the JW. You can go right from the JW. Yeah, Yeah, there's pedways everywhere, so that's what I mean, right? And if if you, like, would the JW be enough to house, like, the entire Pacific Division? Um, I I think it it might be close, but it's probably not enough. Um, but there are, we looked it up yesterday on Real Life. There are uh, 346 rooms at the JW. And I assume the bulk of them are empty right now. Yeah, so if you were to double that and assume that organizations can put two guys per room, which I know right now seems ridiculous, but if they're quarantined together, they're quarantined together, you could fit upwards of 700 people in there. That That is close to 100 people per organization if you needed to bring the whole division here. So it, it could probably work. And yeah, like I said, they would never have to leave that building. They would just, you know, make sure there's barricades up so the public can't get in and they could have that as their own little area. If you wanted to go as far as like closing down the businesses there, you could set up like dining halls and stuff, right? Well, you've got some of the businesses closed down already yeah. pretty much in terms of restaurants and whatnot, right? I'm fairly certain you could uh, convince Joey to shut down their um, takeout service for a night while you feed uh, a couple teams or something. Because that's the other thing too. These, these guys are going to need food, right? Like if they're going to live there for a month, you need to give them the amenities to live there for a month. So would the NHL go as far to like, literally buy out like a Joey's or another restaurant around there and be like, listen, you are cooking for us and only us. And you need to give us six staff members that are going to be quarantined and be ready to work full time. Cause are they going to want to risk? And I'm volunteering, yeah. but are they going to want to risk like food delivery services coming in and out to these guys? No, I don't think you can. I think it has to be as tight as possible. And if you're going to keep the teams within inside a, a certain four set of walls, then you got to keep the food, and pretty much everything, and it's you've got a biodome, it, man. Is yeah. once you close that door, once you lock the lock, you really can't open it up again until uh, until it's all done. I know it sounds extreme to be like, oh, the, they can get food from anywhere. Like you're going too far. But one outbreak in one of these cities is going to shut down the whole league again. So you can't take any chances if you're going to try to do this. That's yeah, why no, you got to be hundred percent. Either do it or don't. So either lock it all down and do it as safe as possible, or don't. Dan, you see any drawbacks in this plan? Well, that's what I was going to say. But like, I think that we've kind of touched on all the positives, right? Edmonton's corona cases uh, are pretty low, especially for in a province where we see, you know, like buildings, uh, meatpacking facilities that have more cases than the city of Edmonton does. So that's that's a positive. Um, we have the arena facility that is a structure that we can base this kind of this uh, this protection shell around the players, which is great. But as Tyler said, uh, all it takes is one of those other three cities to have an issue. You know, Toronto's having Toronto's having to bring in the military to help with their senior facilities. Uh, the state Was is- Toronto even in the initial four, by the way? No, they were not. Yeah, so no. did Toronto just, like, bully with their name into this situation? Is Toronto even part of it? Because I only heard it Toronto like- down as one. Oh, yeah, that's, what I, yeah. that's what I heard. It. I thought it was like Raleigh, Minnesota, Edmonton, and then uh, and then somebody else they hadn't decided yet. Yeah, I had the initial report had Edmonton, uh, North Carolina, Riley, uh, Riley, and then um, Minnesota, Minnesota as well. right? and, and then a TBD. Yeah. So that's 
Like, I don't know what the situation is in all those cities, but like Tyler said, as soon as one player comes down with symptoms, they they have to shut it all down again. So it's it's uh, I I don't know. You wish you wish that there was a location in Edmonton where they could house all of the playoff teams. It's just not possible. I think that's what they were looking at with North Dakota. Um, but I'm sure that you know the University of North Dakota also has the same issues. You can't house you know a hundred people for every organization, so you can't do that for the the rumored 24 teams that they have coming in. So I don't know. It's 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 exciting, but I'm also just like when you you know you're you're hopeful and hope will never die and all that. But there's also like, like that apprehensive feeling of is this really going to work? Like the logistics are just so so strong that they, they, they have, there's so many hurdles that they have to come overcome. I hope they can do it. Well, it's going to be interesting because I was reading a post. Uh, Larry Brooks from the New York Post wrote about it. The NHL is set to lose at least a billion dollars should they not be able to get back on the ice for 2019-2020. So I don't think that we're going to have any shortages of ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I'm almost kind of... I'm almost kind of expecting this idea to fall through as well in the coming week or 10 days or two weeks or a month. And then we pivot to idea 4.0 or 5.0 or wherever we're at right now. But it's nice to see that uh, Edmonton would be in the mix. Jay said it yesterday on real life, give that a download, but it would also be a little influx of money into the local economy, which is important. Um, There would be supporting some restaurants, be it one that gets just closed down or however that works. uh, Because these guys, like Tyler said, do need to get fed, all that stuff. There's obviously a million hurdles that need to be cleared here. And also there's the biggest one of whether or not uh, local and municipal governments would even allow this to happen in the first place, right? Because having all these players in town just to play sports would also tie up a bunch of resources that potentially could be needed by the general public. So, and it's, it means- it's not just like the 23-man roster, right? I know we said, you know, 100 per organization or whatever, and I think that's a bit of a stretch. After I said it, I was like, maybe not. But it's not too much of a stretch because, one, I think you're going to need bigger rosters than 23-man, right? If, you, if players aren't allowed to yep. come in, if you're not allowed to recall, I could see the NHL being like, you can carry... A 28-man roster. There is no roster size in the playoffs anyways. Yeah, I I guess that is true. Um, And then on top of that, like it's not just your three or four coaches, but every team's going to want to bring their video staff as well. Every team's going to want to bring their athletic staff and their trainers and their front office and everything like that. Like you start counting up doctors, how many people are in the organization, and it's not hard to actually think, you know what, you probably need 70 to 75 people. Yeah. Well, and also that that and then that completely doesn't even touch on the obvious fact that do these guys want to be quarantined in a place for a month, two months, however long it is without their families away from their family where they could be possibly stuck in an outbreak city. Like there's just yeah. there's all kinds a lot of, of those. Yeah, different. but all those guys who, who travel, who cross the ocean are doing that anyways. Right. The family thing. That's true. Yeah. But then yeah. you just brought up another point, too. Like there's a lot of players like even uh, I'm thinking off the top of my head, Oscar Clefbaum's in Sweden right now. Like, how are those players getting back here safely? Like, are they going to have, is well, the old Kate's jet going to fly out and pick everybody up in a round trip or what's going that's on? Gonna be a, that's going to be an issue though, because that, I know there are some players who are upset about guys who went back to Sweden because, you know, there really is no rules going on right now. And it is just a, a free for all and they're, and they're handling this a little bit differently. So those guys, you never know what those guys are bringing back when they come back. And if you, well, miss, what Rick's talking, if you, yeah. if you miss what Rick's talking about, uh, Sweden has actually allowed some of these guys to get back on the ice this week. Uh, so players over here that are stuck in their houses are obviously a little bit upset about that. Um, so there's going to be all kinds of competitive advantages and ways to you know, try and game the system a little bit. Tyler, you brought this point up yesterday again on Real Life Podcast. What about the Edmonton Oilers? Would they also have to be in the hotel? They'd have or to would be they be allowed to go back home and sleep in their own bed? You have to. You have to control. You have to, you have to control the outbreak from the. Because the if they're walking, right? if they're if they're walking uh, Leonard Doodle down the street one day and he gets it from somebody else, then he takes it to the game and you know and uh, gets somebody else like on the other team. You you shot the 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 quarantine the yeah. two week quarantine that they'd have to do. You shot that in the foot. Yeah, right? no, that biodome's got to be locked up. Um, the other thing too, though and I know this seems a little bit like a small detail, but would other teams want the Oilers using their locker room in the sense that, like, that's a decent advantage for the Oilers to get your own home facilities while everyone else is basically playing in on road facilities, right? 
you get your own comforts of your own locker room and all that? Like, is that something that maybe plays in? Does the NHL assign locker rooms within every neutral site that the team can set up camp in and stay in? Or is it like a rotation just, based on just, what rink you're on? You just can't use the NHL home dressing room. That one stays neutral. Everybody has to split up the rest of them. Yeah, like yeah you're right. But you know what, though? It is, it is a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime situation. I think people are going to go, this sucks, but this most likely will never happen again. Or, you know, cross our fingers, it doesn't ever happen again. Um, there's going to just be some times when things are going to go your way. But like I said, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime situation. Man. I don't think everyone get too, get too bent out of shape for it. COVID-20 is going to be lit. It's going to be... <laughs> If this idea does move down the road a little bit and we get closer or whatever, it's going to be interesting just to see the amount of compromises that come on both fucking sides of the aisle on this one from the league and the players. Because if they actually do want to get back on the ice and recoup some of that billion dollars they're going to lose, there's going to be some weird shit going on, man. There's going to be weird ideas, and I think that's kind of the only way this is going to go. On, um, on another note, like the broadcasting side of this is going to fascinate me as well because you're probably going to have your play-by-play color guys calling it off a monitor back in Toronto. I don't think you're bringing those guys to the rink, but like, wouldn't are, are, you just do a national? Yeah, you'd do a national, but you would probably just be calling them not from in the arena to limit the amount of people brought in there. Um, but like, would you have would Kyle Bukowskis or Mark Masters or Gene Principe be allowed in these neutral sites? Would they have dedicated would, reporters on the inside? I yeah, think, it's I think a good they, point. they would. They would probably want. They would probably want um, a crew that stays on the inside of the biodome. So I think there would be two crews on the inside that don't just don't leave as well. <laughs> we just pack your to, bags, guys. You're going in. We literally just need to run like an article that's just like a running tally, and we can just have people ask or like put out scenarios as to what issue would come up. And then we could all come up with ideas and solutions for it. Because cause it is, you just, you literally, as you work your way through it, you're like, oh yeah, they're also going to have to be fed. Oh yeah, they're also going to have to have medical supplies supplied to them that aren't going to be in the hospitals. Like, the just, the lists are endless. And like you said, and a broadcast team, I mean, Tyler, you know better than any of us what a, what a television broadcast crew takes to put together a, to put together a show. They need a truck inside the building because they need to be connected to the, to the audio visual stuff. And so they need a team inside that truck. So then you've got another team of people that are, that are working two games a day, at least like for, for a month. Like it's just, yeah, Yeah. like three games a day. That's a, that's a, that's a recipe for burning. I'm telling you right now, you can't have a play by play guy. You can't have a play by play guy do three games a day for a month. Like he'll have no (laughs) voice by day four. Um, and, and the other thing too, you were mentioned, you said audio visual, the audio of this whole thing, are you going to have to pump crowd noise into the arena during play? I'm thinking because you, the last thing from a PR perspective, the NHL wants is every shift while the game's going on, the ice mics picking up every fucking shit that goes on. Right <laughs> now that would be, no, that's, that's the good stuff. That, the PA would hate that. Well, oh, my <laughs> Jesus, would that be good? Yeah, well, here's the thing, right? Like you put together, maybe you put together like a Zoom chat where everybody can just scream into their microphones, and then it gets piped into the, to the arena. But then you get some kid that you know goes rogue and says something, you know, mashed potatoes over and over again. It's, it, <laughs> it, it, it's just every little bit of this is just like, man, I don't know. It it's uncharted territories, yeah. and that's why we've been paying them the big bucks to do this for as long as they have um, to try and figure this kind of thing out. But it's it's wild to it's a wild thought experiment to work through. I also I I really hope they would also do what that I don't know if it was a Chinese baseball league or wherever that is. Oh, the like cutouts, the cutouts, and the robotic <laughs> fans in the stands. I would love that shit. It would be so funny. It'd just like have like little mechanical ways of having them bump up and down. It would be the best. It would be so weird. But I take know, it like, way too far. Like, have a flat cop come and like escort a guy out of his seat, <laughs> like stop motion shit. Like we're talking full Home Alone style, where oh, there's yeah. just cardboards, like they're on tracks and they're moving yeah. around, and there's a beer guy going up and down the stairs. They'd be the best. Uh, speaking of the best, again, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood for the Giants. They are wonderful people that are prepared to help you with anything you need from whether that's financing needs to service to new vehicles. Go check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Um, Sticking with the Edmonton Oilers a little bit. Uncle Ken took care of some business this week as he signed 
Philip Berglund to an ELC. The Swedish defenseman was taken in the third round of the 2016 draft. They had to make a decision on him or they would have lost his rights. But according to Jim Matheson, Berglund is also set to stay over in Sweden for another year and not come over until 2021. Uh, for the 2021-2022 season. So uh, still some time there, but they did take care of a little bit of business. Uh, he had, uh, with the Super Swedish Junior League, he had seven points in 10 games, had some injury troubles. Um, NHLE of 13, as it stands right now, in 200 Swedish Elite League games. How do you feel about a freshly signed Philip Berglund? <laughs> <laughs> Can we put in the, the the chirp there, the bird chirp? Like, there's not the hey, it's just another step you got to take in with a with a uh, a draft pick, I guess. To be honest, I was just happy to see some actual Oilers news come out, like just something legitimate. Like this is just an everyday normal thing that should be happening, and you know, I like normal shit sometimes. Well, we're we're deep in defensemen, right? So it's nice. It's, we're at that point now where we can just have those guys sit and grow on their skills in Europe and and they don't have to come over to North America and be told to dump the puck out of the zone every time. Like they're able to they're able to kind of grow as, as Ken Holland likes to have his uh, his prospects grow traditionally. So it's I think it's positive and you're right. It's it is nice to just have simple signing that has no COVID nineteen kind of restrictions or issues placed on it. It's just just news. Yeah, to be honest, it was nice to just kind of have something go up on the site that wasn't just like, well, here's what uh, here's Dr. what Dave Tippett thinks about uh, you know coronavirus or whatever. His uh, draft profile in 2016 said he's calm looking on the ice, makes a very good outlet pass, and is a weapon from the point on the power play. They said his shot is pro-ready. Now he's 22 years old. I'm kind of hoping, like, he's 22 already. I think you probably want to see him in North America right away, though, right? Like you don't want to, you're not signing him to this contract for him to spend another year overseas. The plan should be to bring this guy over because he's getting to that age where you got to start playing North American style hockey, right, and prove that you can. Thousand percent, thousand percent. It's always interesting too with these because it's obviously going to take him some time to get adjusted to a North American game. So, like Tyler said, getting him over here quickly would be the ideal scenario. Um, sticking with draft picks, I came up. With a bag milk hypothetical for you, gentlemen. Is it as evil as the last one you did? No, no. If you missed out, the last one was if you had to uh, replace Ken Holland with any of the last four GMs, who would you pick? Uh, yeah, I got a couple of D- I got a couple of DMs on that one, just saying like, what a horrible, horrible choice that you have to make. But quarantine hey, you know bag milk is a dark bag milk. Listen, man, I got a lot of time to think and just fuck around and do nothing by myself. So this is what I've been doing is thinking about weird hypotheticals. So we are sticking with draft picks. And my hypothetical for you is if the Edmonton Oilers were given the ability to have a mulligan on one draft pick in Oilers history, who would you, who would you pick and why? If you're going with one draft pick mulligan throughout history, I can see the boys on the face. I can see the looks on your faces. There's a lot of wheels turning here. I see some smoke coming out of ears. I see some googling happening. <laughs> you got to look back and see, right? Because that's that's the that's the big thing. Is that you know, like if you look at a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi, picked fourth overall, who could you have taken instead of him? You're probably looking at maybe a Sergachev or a Kachuk. Um, and I'm just trying to fill in time here now so that the other boys can come up with their answer. Uh, well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta think of that, right? You gotta go and you go back in time and go. Where were we, like one, one piece away, and was that piece a, a draft pick? I mean, you want to say maybe you want to say Yakupov, but at the same time, if you don't have Yak, you pick someone better there. Uh, Connor doesn't end up here. Well, and his Yakupov draft was horrendous anyway. Well, that's what I mean. Right. But if you pick so somebody like, in there, who if you just happen to pick the best player in that draft, yeah, you may not be getting Connor now. Well, yeah. let's maybe okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. So you got to get out of, that, out of this this even this era. I'll amend a little bit then. Let's not butterfly affect it. We still end up with Connor. Ooh. <laughs> but you still get a chance to just you know. Yakupov. I whoopsied on that one. Yakupov. 
So Rick's going with Yak in first overall in 2012. Okay, then yeah, yeah. So I, I'll replace him with I don't like I don't have the draft in front Morgan of me, Riley. But I'll re- is he the best player in that draft? Well, after Yak, the top ten was Ryan Murray, Galchenyuk, Reinhardt, bad. Morgan Riley, Hampus Lindholm, Matt Dumba, Derek Pouliot, Jacob Truba, and then Slater Cuckoo. Philip Forsberg went eleventh. Um, or Andre Vasilevsky was nineteenth. If you swap Yak with Vasilevsky and give this team the goalie of the future. That's what I mean, right? Because then all of a sudden you don't make the... If you're having success, you don't make the Eberle trade. You don't make the Hall trade. Now all of a sudden you have Hall and Eberle. You've got Leon. You've got uh, Connor. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I don't think I'll be wearing pants for at least seven or eight years. Or if you are wearing pants, you're ripping a hole clean through the front of your trousers. Oh, oh, heavens. Like, there, yeah. No, it's done. Oh, heavens. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to go with... uh, While you guys are thinking about it a little bit, uh, I'm going to go... Uh, off the board, I'm going to get a little weird. I'm going to go in 2007 with the 15th overall pick. The Edmonton Oilers selected Alex Plant. At 21, they selected Riley Nash. Immediately after either of those picks goes Max Pacioretty. Uh, Michael <laughs> Backlund was in there. David Perron was in there. So I'm going to go with that one because the Oilers had uh, b- 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 three in the first round that year. Yes, I'm Sam Gagne was the first one. Okay, hey, listen, Plot almost a, a championship winner though. Like he is over his, in uh, Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is, uh, he was in the final, but it got stopped because he's a proven winner. <laughs> Bag milk. How about <laughs> in that same draft, fifth round, Jamie Ben? <laughs> Jamie Ben, he would have been loved here in Edmonton, man. Oh, that uh, attitude not, over I here? Mean, not, not, by the la- not by the ladies, but like, yeah. I mean, you can you can look that up on your own time. It's going down. <laughs> going not, down. It's not going down. <laughs> it is not going down. Tyler, do you have an idea of like, if you could just take a a clean slate, a blank check yeah. on a fresh draft pick, who are, you, who are you looking at? Like the 2012 one, if you could swap out and get, swap Yakupov for Vasilevsky, and if there's no butterfly effect, I still get Kucherov, and it's basically like, Right now, I get to swap Yak for Vasilevsky and give this team a legit number one goaltender. To me, like that's that's got to be the answer. Um, but the other one, too, if you go back one year before that, yes, the Oilers selected Ryan Nugent Hopkins first overall in 2011. Oscar Kleffbaum, 19th overall that same season. But then they took David Musil in round two. <laughs> what if you could have found a way to swap out David Musil for Nikita Kucherov, who went later in that same round. So the, I think those are probably my two oh, answers. I would swap the, trade. the second round pick of Musil for Kucherov because imagine if in one draft you scooped up Nuge, Clefbaum, and Kucherov. Or, I mean, giving this team a legit number one goaltender is just very, very tempting. So I'd look at that as well. Another one that I would, uh, an honorable mention for me, would go in the Taylor Hall draft in 2010 in the first pick of the second round the Oilers picked Tyler Pitlick when a guy like um, Tyler Toffoli was sitting in there Uh, you know he would have helped for a long time score some goals no offense to Tyler Pitlick but he was like I always felt like he was one hit away from erupting into dust so uh, that might be a different option as well if we're looking at the second round when did we take Mirage? second round again that was early second round yeah, I think it was like one I of thought the that was the, the I thought round. that was the Taylor draft. Anyways, I'm sure there would have been a player or two buying him that would have been uh, a nice right. swap. So draft. Mitch Mraz went 32nd overall in 2012. So the first two picks the Oilers had that year were Nail Yakupov and Mitch Mraz. So that <laughs> so that that draft is kind of a uh, dude. You know what I was stoked I was about that? Like Yakupov, and then we get that big bulky power forward that's supposed to be adding to our team. And he's an oil king, so you can yeah, watch yeah. him develop. So I got two. So I went back to the 2004 draft. And as much as I like and, you know, really enjoyed our conversation with friend of the show, Rob Shrimp, uh, I'm going with the 25th overall pick. Instead of getting Rob Shrimp, I'm actually going to go for a current oiler right now. And it's Mike Green, who went four picks right after Rob Shrimp. Imagine having Mike Green on the point with guys like Hall and and Everlay and Gagne, like all those guys with him, would have been an, a special moment. What draft was uh, he, sorry? Oh, four. That was 2004. Well, because yeah, yeah, we would have also gotten 82-point Mike Green. Not, yeah, uh, that's exactly uh, it. And, who, and when he's playing on the right side, he looks to his left, who's right there. 
the human rake. Chris Pronger would have been there. Goodness gracious. Jeez. How about this? World. That same oh. draft, Dan, you go down to 63rd overall. David Krejci was picked up by the Boston yeah. Bruins. Imagine that veteran presence through the rebuild. That might have helped things out. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. And my other pick was to go to the 99 draft. By the way, going back to these drafts and like looking at all the players that... Oh, do not go you, back to the mid-90s. You try to dig down deep and see like where you could find a value guy. I mean, this one's pretty cheap, but with our... Uh, what was it? Our seventh round pick. Wait one sec. Just, just hold, please. We didn't yeah, do with a our seven good. round pick. We picked a guy named Christian Charchier, not Cartier, but Charchier. Love that guy. Picked right from the Saskatoon Blades, right before some guy named Henrik Zetterberg went. <laughs> old Charty, they, old Charty, they call him. <laughs> if, they had, if they had just gone ahead and you know dug deep into Tamara Sweden. Dude, we did a Henry lot Zetterberg. of we did a lot of bad drafting back in the late ni- late to mid nineties. Well, yeah, but I mean, when you missed all reasons, the Yessie and the Mackies, it was oh, oh, oh. Steve Kelly. Scary. Like in the the ninth round, Boston picked a guy. This is the guy that placed the most, played the most games in the ninth round. His name is Miko Eloranta. Does anybody remember Miko Eloranta? Uh, the old Ellie, they called him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, these guys, when you were in those deep ends, that's why they've shortened the draft now because these guys are just getting picked just to get the just to get the accolades of being selected by the Anaheim Ducks, the 258th overall pick. <laughs> Thinking back in your Oilers fandom, which draft pick that they picked, like, they actually went through with it, which one were you most wrong about? Like, this guy's going to be great. This guy's going to... Man, Steve Kelly, that came out real fast, Dan. It did. It's, uh, that's the one. He, I remember that one, the fans chanting for Doan. Doan. And we went and picked Steve Kelly. He played 150 games. Shane Doan played 1,500 games. Like so you, thought, you thought Steve Kelly was going to be a, a player? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you, it, when I was a kid, right, I believed everything that the Oilers fed to me. I, I was a... Uh, I was a diehard Oiler fan and, and believed in them and believed, you know, trusted the process. But uh, but since then, I've become jaded and horribly angry all the time. <laughs> Tyler, is there a draft pick that you just, like, when the Oilers picked him, you're like, yes! And then just, this guy's going to be so good, he's going to be great, and then it just did not work. I think the common one you're going to get right now is Magnus Pajarvi. First first yep. round, 10th overall. I think everyone was buying into the hype. Came in at the same time. As you know, the rebuild was really getting started. He was going to be a part of that hope core, right? And it just didn't work out. Speaking of that hope core, I was a big fan of Linus Omark. And that did not work <laughs> out either. Um, so, like, recently, I, I think it's those two. Like, I, I had high hopes for PRV and Omark, and neither of them worked. Rick, what do you think? I'm going to go back to my last answer, but I don't know how it's not Yakupov. Dude, that guy, we were jacked, man. We were getting that, that offensive piece. This guy's going to fly up and down. He's going to be sniping goals from left, right, and center. Like, we, we, dude, it was glory days. We were just sitting back awaiting the, uh, how many cognac shots were we going to have to do that season? Mm-hmm. I am also going to follow with Rick on this one because I remember the draft perfectly. I was at my old man's house, and I'm yelling at the TV. Pick the fucking Russian kid. Pick the Russian kid. And then he goes out and scores 17 goals or whatever it was in 48 games in that lockout shortened season. Had a great rookie year. And all I could think about was, oh, my God. This guy is going to be sniping goals for the next decade, and it's going to be great. So, Nail Yakupov, I'm sorry, buddy, but that one hurts. That one hurts me real deep. It does. I, I guess also, too, for me, another one would be – would be Mark Antoine Pouliot. I know that there was like the the whole I played with Sidney Crosby kind of uh, stigma to him, but but you had to think that there was a decent player in there. Like it, it, you know, not everybody that's played on Crosby's wing has done exce- exceptionally well. Since yeah, and then, you but... and you and you convinced yourself that exact damn argument, which oh, yeah, I absolutely. which I one hundred percent also did. Like yeah. no, this kid didn't get there for no reason and. No, he's out there doing shit as well. You know, they're gonna they're gonna look at Cros. You know, sometimes they're gonna leave Crosby open because let's you know let Crosby do whatever he's gotta do. We gotta stop the rest of their team. Yeah, exactly. This, this kid's all oh, this kid's bringing it. This kid's bringing it. It's gonna be good. The guy had a hundred points in his second season in the QMJHL. <laughs> it's 
114 in his final season. Like he was in 70 games. Like that's, you know, that's pretty unreal. He had 45 goals, but he just did nothing in the NHL. <laughs> you know what else is unreal, Dan? Uh, the, the service from our friends at SkipTheDishes.ca. Oh. Most importantly, they're keeping our city fed. They're helping support local restaurants. They're helping people get a little bit of a little taste of something that isn't their own horrible cooking. I mean, that's, that could be just me saying that because I can't cook worth a shit and having something <laughs> delicious, having something delicious show up to my house is a nice little treat. And Tyler, of course we tip our drivers always because these folks are putting themselves out there to make sure that we're all being fed. So skip the There are thousands of local options and local restaurants that I encourage you to check out. I encourage you to support Find somebody in your hood, maybe you didn't try before, give them a go and see what you can do with our friends at skipthedishes.ca. And no got- no update on Arby's uh, delivering out here yet. It's still a, it's still a no-go, no uh, no advancement yet. I looked, so I got a donair uh, a couple of days ago delivered to me, and I again searched for my Arby's that is close to my house. And once again, I was disappointed by Arby's. Um, there are people in Sherwood Park and in Millwoods flexing on me with their delivery. Uh, Arby's and it's very very upsetting. 170th Street location. I'm okay if they. For I'm, okay if they I'm okay if they drive it from uh, Millwoods. Yeah. You know, well, that's <laughs> I'm fine. fine. I get it. I get it. It's gonna take a couple more minutes. No problem, man. Just go pick it up for me, please. Yeah, I got the, nothing to do. I got the I got cheese all the will have away. that. The cheese will have that nice rind on it. That just, oh, you know, that's when it's good, on. man. Yeah, but you pull off that cheese skin. It's something. It's delicious. You know. <laughs> no, no, you just mix it in there. It gets all going again. SkipTheDishes.ca, go get yourself something to eat. They are wonderful folks. They are, you know, supporting local restaurants, and that's what we're all about as well. Uh, Moving on, gentlemen, I want to touch on very quickly something that we were talking about in last week's podcast, the Gretzky versus Ovi best of three, (laughs) which turned out to be a uh, best of two that was tied. And my favorite thing, I think, was some of the clips that came out. I love Happy Wayne. I fucking love Happy Wayne. When they scored an OT goal, clearly it wasn't Wayne Gretzky that scored that goal because his his arms are up in the air. And and his control was the wrong way. (laughs) It's so good because Gretzky before this, I was watching some highlights. Uh, Shout out to Russian Machine Never Breaks. They did a really in-detail breakdown of it. And uh, Gretzky started off the thing by saying, well, you know what? I don't really play video games all that often. So... As soon as I was reading that, I was like, whoa. But then you see the clips of just how much fun they were having. They raised $40,000 for local charities, which is great. Um, did you guys get a chance to check out any of the highlights, any of the games, or any of the clips that got released subsequently? I was, I was just, I like, I'm proud of myself. You know, humble brag. I called it exactly how it went. It was going to go to overtime. It was going to be Gretzky not playing the game. I loved it. But, I, but you're absolutely right. Like, okay, it was, it was. It was great to see Wayner smiling. It was great to see, you know, the old guard and the new guard uh, shooting the shooting the proverbial shit together, and and they just had a blast. And it seemed like everybody in in Gretzky in Wayne's house was just having a, a riot of a time. Other than the player that was playing the game, he seemed, <laughs> he seemed super intense. But it was just that, that overtime winner was just so perfect. Cause well, I heard it was on the play. And then and then they miss on the two on zero, and then Gretzky's just just made on the fact that they missed on the two on zero, and then he scores with one hand. It's amazing. Well, I heard it was uh, it was Ty Ty Gretzky was the one who was playing, and he was uh, he was laying the beat down on Ovi, and then he handed it over to his uh, big brother, and the the tides turned. I guess Trevor wasn't as good a wasn't as good of a player. I just loved it, man. Like even there was a there was a goal. Uh, the Oilers were up in the dying moments. Ovi scored with like two and a half seconds left to back things up and send it to overtime. And his reaction was hilarious. Wayne's reaction was hilarious. I loved that they did this. Um, obviously, it was all for a good good cause. Um, it was just fun. It's fun watching something so silly mean so much to a lot of people, raise some money. And again, Happy Wayne is my spirit animal, and all I can all I can wait for is when he's back here in the playoffs, cheering and getting angry and upset and all that stuff. It was great to see them. He shows all the same emotions that I feel, so I like it. Of course he does. 
course he does. Wayne yeah, and, he's, and he's not and he's not trying to hide it either. Like he's up there in that box, and you know nobody's sitting within three to four feet of him because he's probably flailing his arms a bit. You don't want to take one of those in the nose when he's already. And he's probably yelling and screaming. Oh man, I'd love to be uh, hanging out up there with him. Tyler, any last thoughts on Gretzky versus Ovi? I just like how they try to hide the fact that he wasn't playing. I was being too optimistic last week, and I was dead wrong. But Dan nailed it. Like, why not just come out and be like, oh, Ovechkin's going to take on the Gretzkys. And, you know, maybe you have Wayne play one period, and then, like, just come, why do you have to try trick hockey fans? Like, it ended up just being hilarious, and who actually gives a shit? But it's just like, you really thought you could just pull the fast one by having them hold the remote underneath the thing? And I give credit to Dan because I wasn't even thinking that at all. But, like, why did they just say Ovi versus the Gretzkys? Like, come or on. Or just say Gretzky versus Ovechkin and then uh, have Wayne unveil the fact he's going to bring out uh, the young Gretzky here oh, to yeah. take over. Yeah, Everything like, is wrestling. It would be so good to have Ovechkin just absolutely dust Wayne in the first game, like eight to nothing. And then, and then it's like, oh my God, is that time? <laughs> Here we go. And then you know, and then it's crazy from there. It would have been, it would have been a little bit more fun. But I, I still think the, the the comedy is that people that just thought it was Ovechkin and Gretzky, and they tune into that clip and they see Gretzky's hands up in the air with one controller. It's just, I don't know. It's, it was, it was really well done. It was a lot of fun. There was, a, there was a nice little chirp by uh, Wayne as well at the very end of it where he's talking about uh, competitive advantages, just to paraphrase, and he kind of finished off by saying, well, you know, Ovi, I did finish with four Stanley Cups, so you got some work to do or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's nice. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that I love, Tyler, get your buttons ready. Yeah, it is time to look at the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. And as always, there's not a whole lot going on in the world of sports, though there was an NFL draft last night. Uh, some of the screenshots hey. that came up from that was looking great. Rick, I saw your social post talk about the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, no, it was a good day. Real quick, uh, you know, 30 seconds each kind of thing. Um, this has nothing to do with hockey, but what do you guys think of the draft? Like, seeing as the NHL is going to probably be doing a uh, virtual draft like this, how do you think it went for the NFL last night? I thought it was good. I think it's a pretty fan-friendly event to begin with, where you know the players come by, they have their usual little celebration with the with the uh, with Goodell, which I'm a big fan of. Um, yeah, it's usually a pretty fun event, and I think they uh, they took a swing here, and it was it was successful. I, I liked what they did. Uh, Goodell, you know what? He embraces the booze, and he knows what he's out there doing. It's 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 all for entertainment. So I think they did a pretty good job last night. Well, Goodell's a pre-programmed robot, so yes, he does know his. Uh, he does. Yeah, I know think his him. Gear. I think him and uh, him and Batman both lean into the booze, and yeah. they go with it and just make the most of it. Like it's the more they boo you, man, the more they. You'd rather have them boo you than, than not say anything, right? That's wrestling of, again. For those of our listeners that don't know, this draft was actually supposed to be held on a boat in the middle of the fountain at the Bellagio Hotel in Vegas. <laughs> so Jer- really, Jerry was still on his boat, though. We really missed out. We really missed out on some like. I think some hilarious visuals from that, you know, a boat that gets broken free from the, from the rains and just starts floating out into the middle of nowhere. I just think there would have been, uh, there would have been some fun around it, but yeah, I mean, you're right, bag milk. It's, this is, this is the new normal as of, you know, April 24th, uh, 2020. And we're probably going to see something similar from the NHL and Rick's right. It's, it's for the fans and it was a lot of fun for the fans and that's what matters. Tyler, any lessons from the NFL draft that maybe we can look at for the NHL draft whenever that happens to be? Um, no, I I think uh, I think the NFL did a pretty good job. I, it was good that the NFL went first because they're the pro sports league with the most money, and that would lead you to believe they have the most equipment and ability to make this as good as it gets. So it was almost good that the NFL got to be the experiment and now the rest of the leagues can kind of pick and choose what worked and what didn't when it comes time for them to hold their own virtual drafts. Anything fun? Like any uh, any fun screenshots or anything that I may have missed? There was one where uh, you could see in the back corner a guy was on the toilet. Yeah, a guy was taking a shit. That's the yeah. one I did see. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Because there was the, the dude got drafted and the uh, camera comes on. He's wearing a fucking robe. Yeah. He's on the, on the, couch, <laughs> with his, on the couch with his parents in, in his white robe. 
I love that, man. One guy's if, girlfriend if tried to take his phone and he like ripped it back. <laughs> yeah. He was talking on one phone and he had his other phone in his left hand. She grabbed it from him and within half a second he snatched that thing right back. Well, you can't you can't let Mrs. have access to the phone untethered like that. Uh, no, no. I as an aside, this has nothing to do with anything, but like Zoom conference call bloopers or whatever you want to call them is my favorite part about this. There is just some hilarious shit going around the internet. and uh, Like the one where the boss turns himself into a potato and he can't figure out how to change back? Or there was one where there was... I, a, I, don't know if these are, I don't know if these are real or not, if they're just made up skits to make people laugh, but I thought that was pretty clever. Well, there was, a, there was one that I loved where it was a hairdresser and she was doing a, a, a news hit about how you can cut your own hair in self-isolation. And in the background, her husband was in the shower, just dick out and oh, everything, yeah. and nobody <laughs> noticed. Yeah. It's the best. I, I love saw, that. I saw one where a girl put her face into the, you know, the guy looking away from his girlfriend to look at another girl meme? Yeah. Well, she put herself in the guy looking at the other girl part. And so then she showed an email from her boss like an hour later where he's like, saw your meme. I enjoy the memes. But maybe for professionalism, we should change the background to, you know, where you are right now. And it was just like, hello, fellow kids all over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to business, the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. As always, we start with our veggies and the cold performers of the week. Mr. Yeramchuk, I'm going to start with you, your Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week. I got a personal one and a legit one, but I'm going to give you the personal one, let you know what's going on in my life. My fucking car is the cold performer of the week, man. This thing is not that old. I bought it thinking it was a really good vehicle. Um, granted, I've driven it now for, you know, 100,000 kilometers. But in the last few months, I've had to put so much fucking money into this thing. And still, it seems like every month, it's like, oh, new problem. Bring it into the garage. Oh, it's going to be this much to fix that problem. So again, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to pick it up once again from the garage hoping that it works fine. I was having really bad sounds coming from my axle and I couldn't really like describe them. So I went to I went to the garage, picked up the mechanic. I was like, get in, we're driving around. We started driving around and it, it just happens when I go over bumps. And of course I drive with this guy for like three minutes and it doesn't make the fucking noise once. So I'm getting really fed up with my car. I might need to go see the folks at Sherwood Ford because it's driving me fucking bananas that's that's my favorite thing too because i don't know shit about cars and like if i have to take it to a dealership and there's something wrong and i'm like well it's making like a sound or something like that and they're just like what the hell are you talking about uh rick your oodle noodle cold performer of the week uh well like i'm i'm stuck in my house a lot here so i've got a lot of uh time to watch tv and uh, i've noticed one thing that between daytime and nighttime TV, the daytime TV commercials are horrible. <laughs> they're horrible. Like they're they're weird. They're teaching me things that I don't think I'm supposed to know. But it is absolutely, you know, they're they're sadder. They're I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm getting kind of depressed. Like once the sun, you know, four or five o'clock, <laughs> and we get back to normal commercials, and I'm I'm okay again. But I don't know, man. These commercials during the day, they're they're getting to me. Like ladies are shaving the bottom of their feet. Like that skin, the skin comes right off. <laughs> I forgot about the bottom. Ladies, ladies, stop! Ladies, stop shaving the bottom of your feet. Yeah, Why is that a thing? They're shaving the dead skin off the bottom of their feet, man. You're not watching. I'm going to start taping some of these commercials and send them to you. <laughs> I'll let you know what's going on here. Taking them, yeah, on your VHS. Yeah, please do because I am not watching a lot of daytime TV. Oh um, yeah, there's. I don't know, man. So are they? I'm definitely like, keeping a couple things to myself right now. I'll so tell they're, you like later. Snakes. <laughs> they're like they're yeah, like yeah, yeah, and they're shedding, but yeah, only yeah, from but the bottom. Got, of yeah, feet. they have like a fucking power sand. They have like a power sander going over their heels. Ah, what is wrong with you? I don't know. Ah, Dan, you're you, look, get away from this, Dan. You're cold, <laughs> your oodle little cold performer of the week. Well, it's Rick. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually going to be my dog, and he's going to be devastated to hear this, but. The little man pen has started to regress in his potty training, and it is a fucking nightmare being stuck in a house, but he will not stop shitting in and pissing in. So it is my cold performer of the week is my fucking dog.
Uh, can you just go? Can you just go over to Mandrake's house and swap them? Oh, good, good idea. It, yeah, it's uh, there. Well, the only thing is, is that Duke is like half the size of Penn, so they may uh, pick up on it. I don't oh, know. No, nah, probably not. They got a lot nah. going on over there. I think Adam and Brit, I think Adam and Britt would have no idea. No, she would have no idea. Nah. Uh, my little little cold performer of the week is. I got to admit, I haven't parallel parked in a long time. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to. I don't really need to. Uh, a little brick. I mean, are the just street parking? There's plenty of it. And then, generally speaking, I'm just in stalls or whatever. So I, right now, they're redoing the siding on my townhouse, and this project's been going on forever. But what it means is I have to park on the street, and sometimes there's just no drive-in parking on the street. So your old boy Bag Milk had to execute a parallel parking maneuver the other day and there was a lady walking her dogs and <laughs> the dogs were just kind of stopped doing their thing sniffing around or whatever so she was six feet from me and probably saw me execute what was the worst parallel parking attempt in the history of automobile just it was a 13 so point bad. park oh it was a 13 point park i jumped the curb <laughs> i'm I, i'm eventually laughing to the point where it's so bad and then i'm realigning i don't have my angles right my cold performer of the week is me for apparently forgetting how to parallel park. <laughs> Flipping the ledger, something that makes you happy over the last seven days since we last spoke, gentlemen. Uh, it is the Oodle Noodle Hot performer of the week. So I'm going to start. Dan, aside from having shit in your house, <laughs> what makes you happy this week? Who is your Oodle Noodle Hot performer of the week? Well, my hot performer is a little bit somber. Um as everybody knows, and uh, you know, I know we've all kind of uh, been been experiencing the rollout of the information from uh, my uh, the province that I spent 15 years in uh, in Nova Scotia. Pretty awful events over the weekend. Uh, so my hot performer of the week, and and I just I I can't thank um, the people enough that are out there still having to do their jobs and and go into you know go into situations like what happened in in Nova Scotia that, that ended the lives of 22 people tragically. Um, it is the RCMP in this country and, and the police forces in this country. Uh, they're, they're still out there. They're out there more often than not, you know, a lot of lighter side of things. If you follow the, the Yegg scanner Twitter account, there's some crazy stuff going on in this city and it's, and it's funny to laugh at, but it's also, you know, it also can be scary. And so, so I, I really appreciate and, and, and tr- trust and, and admire uh, the the police force in Canada and all around the world dealing with uh, dealing with the entire crisis and and especially that uh, that terrible time in in Nova Scotia. Well, I mean, I can't disagree with that. It's going to be a hard for the next person to follow. So I'm going to go. I'm looking at you, Tyler. Hi, your oodle. Your oodle noodle hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week. We touched on it there, but uh, Roger Goodell for being a good sport, embracing the booze, putting on those fans on the screen. Like to me, y- you want to have a little bit of fun in all of this. The NFL draft was a chance for sports fans to you know be distracted and entertained from their regular life once again, and they haven't been for a while. Um, so I thought the NFL did a good job, and I thought Roger D- Goodell did a good job of you know lightening the mood they also did some stuff you know thanking service workers and uh, everyone working on the front lines and all that but they also had some fun so uh, a big shout out to roger goodell and the nfl which i do not do very often put some respect on my name rick your oodle noodle hot performer of the week yeah i thought goodell did a good job there he usually has like some handshakes he does with some of the big fellas on the stage so and when he did that tiktok with uh i can't remember what wide receiver it was i thought that was pretty funny and then down that YEG scanner there, I had a little lighter note there. What was it? Three days ago, they had five or six people running around Edmonton naked. God yeah. bless. Yeah. <laughs> it got nice. Lot. It got nice outside, and it was like five or six different occasions where someone just bucking around nude. Well, they're just listening to the president, man. They just want some UV <laughs> rays in their bodies. I get it. I can't All right. That more often, to be honest. <laughs> All right. So for my hot performer. I'm going with the friendly folks down at United Cycle. I took my bike in there last week, and they uh, they fixed it up real nice for me. And uh, yeah, so I get to take a little bit of a little bit of joy in getting out of the house and still staying away from people and getting some uh, exercise in. Cash money. Uh, my oodle or my oodle noodle hot performer of the week uh, goes to me because. <laughs> 
I realized that my neighbor would accept a Bluetooth connection from my phone to a speaker they have in their house. So for the last three or four days, I've been fucking with my neighbors and connecting to their Bluetooth speaker and playing just <laughs> complete nonsense in their house. And I've been cranking it up. I changed the name of my phone to something stupid so that they have no idea what's going on. I don't know why they accepted just a random request to have it connected <laughs> to their speaker, but oh. I had just clips from 90 Day Fiance playing. I had some really aggressive techno yesterday. I just had like this ASMR like chip eating thing going on. And I could hear them outside because they were on their little patio or whatever. Just being like, what the fuck is going on with this speaker? And I am inside my house killing myself laughing. So my hot performer of the week is actually... My, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll say I'll give it to my neighbors for accepting a <laughs> ridiculous Bluetooth request to their speaker and me for taking advantage of it. Probably going to stream this podcast into their house a little bit later today. This is oh, that's fantastic. It's the best. Like, it's just one of those dumb things that I love to do. Like, at Little Brick all the time, I like to airdrop pictures of things to people in the cafe that'll just accept them. It's one of my small joys in life. Well, they usually um, just click the button. They click the accept button, whether it be your neighbors or the, the, the photo airdrop people. They just, because it just pops up and you just want to go away, right? Because you're usually doing something. And before you even know what you clicked, you clicked it. And now, bang, there's your picture. Well, and that's that has to be what happened because I've been... Uh, I've been having some fun playing with their Bluetooth speaker over the that last was, week. That so. was the defense I used when I was like 14, year old, 14 years old, too. I just clicked it. I don't know. <laughs> there was no Bluetooth when I was 14. Yeah, when I was 14, I, we're, we're talking dial-up days, Tyler. <laughs> we're talking dial-up days and 10-second uh, clips. Uh, just to end off this week's podcast, of course, gentlemen, thank you very much for spending an hour with me. But I do want to plug something I'll be doing at 4.30 p.m., Nation Happy Hour, going live on the Nation's Instagram. That is Nation, double underscore O-N. We are going live for an, about an hour, roughly. I'm going to have a cocktail with some people. I got some trivia questions. We're going to give away a little bit of Oodle Noodle for the people. We're going to try a different little concept today. So get your Oilers you'll be announcing our simulation prize winners as well. Oh, I will. I didn't know that was a thing that I'll be sending so. you the names. Excellent. Can so I, I come will be chug a beer? The- of course, buddy. Are you, are you bringing tequila? Uh, yeah. So last week people seemed to like that. I did a shot of tequila as well as a beer. So yeah, I'll just tea time waits for no man. And it's Friday, whatever that means in 2020. Uh, every day is Saturday these days, but, um, nation happy hour every Friday on Instagram. So we're going live at four 30 I'll venture to the I'll venture to the store and get some. I'll venture to the store and grab some tequila and have one with you. Amen. That wasn't me over talking you. That was <laughs> Tyler over talking you with my <laughs> So when I do go to Rogers Place and I drink some beers and I do get crazy. All I want to <laughs> do is go to Rogers Place and drink beers and get crazy. That's all I want to do. Um, on behalf of everybody here. Thank you to our friends at Sherwood for the Giants, KidsEdition.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making this possible. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, let us know how we're doing. You can't do it on Twitter because for some reason our Twitter account has been suspended. Nation Dan and I were doing some investigation. We think that it just got locked and we waited too long to unlock it and now it is suspended. Damn it. What are you going to do? That what might be on do? me. Give us our account back, Jack. <laughs> Good call, Twitter, on locking down accounts in the fucking uh, crisis. Thank uh, you for that. Secondary Oodle Noodle Cold Performer of the Week, Twitter. Fuck you, Jack. That's it for episode 83. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm going to the liquor store. Shout out, Damien. To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.